Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the incredible things former teachers are doing now. I'm Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad you're here. So teacher friends, are you ready to hear what your amazing educator skills look like when they're put to work in the world beyond the classroom? Let's jump in. glad that you're joining us for this episode where we are going to talk about the six settings where teachers love working next. But before we jump into that, I have an exciting announcement. For those of you who follow along on social media, you know that I recently had a baby and everything's going really, really well. She's so great. We're so glad that she's here. My energy level during that time was obviously a little bit lower. It still is. I hope you can't hear it in my voice. But during that time, I had to pull back just a little bit in how much um, support I've been providing. I am very happy and excited to announce that we are now opening a Facebook group. Now, we have a Facebook group for our course members, but we are making another Facebook group so our podcast community and teachers can collaborate and get help and support from each other. So if you will go to Facebook and search for Teacher Transition, you're going to find a group, not the course members only group, but you're going to find this group where we're going to post each of our podcast episodes. And underneath those, you can comment with any thoughts of what stood out to you or what questions you have. Maybe you have questions for me or questions for our guests or questions that our community can support each other with. So you're going to find resources for each podcast episode there. And if you're listening to this in the future, simply go to the group. And if there's a certain episode that stood out to you, you can search for it from the past and for the resources, comments, suggestions, and all the insights that we have there. Okay. So exciting. And I'm so excited to see you in that group. Now let's jump into this episode of the six settings where teachers love working next. I remember being in my classroom and knowing that I needed to be doing something else, but not knowing what it was or how to make it happen. And I remember thinking, if, if I just knew the job I wanted next, I'd, I'd go for it, right? I'd just go and get it. But I don't know. I, I didn't know what it was. And I remember thinking, if I could just hear someone describe a lot of different jobs when they describe the right one, I'd know it, right? I'd know it when I heard it. And we're going to get there where I'm going to be listing a lot of different jobs for you and describing them, pros and maybe cons or things to be aware of in advance. And you can see which one feels like the right fit for you, but we're not quite there yet. We're going to get there. We're not going to zoom in that close yet. Today's episode is going to be a little bit more zoomed out so that you can have more clarity in the big picture of it all and where you want to hone in on and focus more specifically. So let's talk about a job search. Search is a perfect word for this because you're looking for something, right? But sometimes in a job search, you can feel like you are the one that's lost also. So I want you to have through this episode, a clearer picture of the landscape of things, more of a zoomed out view. And I want you to have more clarity of where to search. Okay. Let's compare this to when you lose something at your house. So let's say you've lost something and you're searching for it. That search is a lot harder when you don't know where to look, like which room is it in? Or did I leave it in my car? Like, 
what happened with my keys this week when my two-year-old took them. Anyway, not knowing where to look can make it really feel like like you are lost. Not that you're just looking for something, but you're trying to figure out your bearings, find your bearings in all of it as well. Now, before I continue, I want to let you know what I want you to do while you're listening to and hearing about these six different types. As I describe each type, I would call this homework, but we're going to do this in real time. As you hear each of these six company types, I want you to write down which two stand out to you most. And then in our Facebook group, I want you to comment in the thread on which ones you are most interested in, where you want to work. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into these six. So let's talk about those different rooms or different job types or workplace types where teachers tend to work best. And that can help simplify your search so that you have more direction of the specifics You can narrow in on where you want to look. That will simplify the search for you. So what are those six job types or six settings that teachers want to work in next? We're going to do this from kind of a very logical standpoint in teachers being in the classroom and going out from there. So setting number one, if you've been in the classroom, but you're ready for something a little different a great and very logical next step is working for your school district or your school organization. Especially if you work at a local public school that has a lot of different schools in the district, then there are many openings, many opportunities in large districts. And maybe the word district isn't applicable where you are. Maybe you teach at a private school, or maybe you teach at a public charter school, and there's multiple schools that are part of that charter organization. Well, they oftentimes have curriculum developers or instructional coaches, or just people that are in their HR department. Now, I'm going to try really hard to not jump into specific job types in each of these different company types. But that's hard for me to not get to like the specifics, right? And help you out that way. I'm I'm going to try and limit myself to for this episode different company types, okay? Those different settings. So setting number 1 is working for a district or for a, an educational organization, a charter organization and, or a private school organization. So, if Again, if you've been in the classroom and you're looking for a very logical next step, that can be one. How do you know that this is the one that would appeal to you? Well, if you are hoping to keep your benefits, keep your retirement, keep some of those same things in place, this might be the best next place to look. Now, in my particular experience, I was interested in working at the district organization, but there weren't opportunities. There weren't openings there. So I went to then my next step. That is work setting number two, an educational company. So working at an educational company, there are a lot of pros about it. Let me describe some of the elements and aspects about it to you and see if this sounds like a good fit for you. Are you passionate about education? Are you passionate about a certain topic? Maybe it's math, maybe it's science, maybe it's a very narrow aspect about math or about science. Are you passionate or really skilled at using a certain ed tech tool or educational resource? Okay. All of these are good indicators that you might have a lot of interest in working somewhere. 
Then we would want to identify your skills so that you could contribute in a specific role at an education company. But we're going to save that topic for a different day. But is working with adults something that is more of interest to you than working with youth as you have been as a teacher for however many years now? And that's not a bad thing. Some people feel guilty about that. There's no need to feel guilty about that. If you are contributing in the world in a beneficial way, then you're on the good guy team, right? Like you're helping out. So one teacher in a classroom with 30, maybe 35 students can be doing good. Absolutely. But one former teacher who's working in an education company, creating resources for 1,000 students and helping thousands of teachers is also doing good. You don't need to feel guilt about working somewhere other than a school. Okay. Next, what if you don't want to work for a school organization like we talked about or an education company? Maybe you still want that sense of community that you have by working kind of in the public sector, the public service area, right? But you don't want it to be as a classroom teacher anymore. Well, the third type is working for a community organization. So a lot of government jobs or a lot of public service jobs exist in almost every city, right? Not just libraries, but there are so many different organizations and museums and different places that you can still have that kind of grassroots level connecting with your local community, but working in a different role, a different setting. Some of my friends and colleagues who've gone from being teachers to working at museums as education experts or working at libraries in different roles there have had a big sense of calm and a big sense of contributing still in a community connected kind of a way, but in a different role. So that is the third type. Does that sound like the right room to look in or kind of the right field and fit to you? If so, write it down or make a mental note of it. What if none of these three feel like the right fit? What is one more step that we can look to? But, but you still like kind of the education aspect and you still kind of want a sense of community, but none of these feel like the right fit. Then I want you to look at working in higher ed or at a university, a college, right? Now, some people think, well, I want to work at a university, but I'm not a professor. I don't have a PhD. There's always adjunct teaching. And maybe you've looked into adjunct teaching, but there aren't, there aren't opportunities currently. Well, universities have a ton of different opportunities in so many offices and so many different roles. If you want an academic climate, working with adults or young adults, this might be a right fit for you. Now, my dad worked at a university. I've worked at the university level. There are a lot of things that are really positive about working there. I've also worked with education companies and I've also worked in different school organizations and things like that. A lot of the things that I'm talking about, I'm speaking about from experience, but they all have different pros and different great aspects to them. Does working in an academic climate with adults in a place where you're still interacting with people face-to-face and working on different meaningful projects sound like the right fit to you? If so, higher ed is the right room for you to look in next. Write that down or make a mental note of it. Let's go to the next one. What if 
you just don't really want to work kind of in the education sector so much anymore. That's nothing to feel guilty about. We can take your skills and use them in a different setting. How about working at a traditional company? We're just at a business, at some kind of a company. Maybe it would be something that's an office setting. Maybe it would be something remote. Or maybe it is something where you are customer-facing or client-facing. There are so many, obviously, so many different opportunities out there. Either you're passionate about their product or service, or maybe you just really hear that working there is fantastic. All of these are great reasons to work somewhere, or maybe there's a certain role that you really want, and there are opportunities to work for a company in that role. Now, one resource that can be really helpful to find out if a company might be enjoyable to work at is glassdoor.com, and you can look at what employees are saying about working there. Now, it's called Glassdoor because it's like you're seeing through glass, you're getting visibility into what it's like behind the walls of their building, right? And employees anonymously have rated their companies and posted what they think about working there, okay? It's a great resource to check out for some insights into that. Pro tip, people also post on that site what the interview questions were like when they interviewed there. So if there's a company that you're interested in, you can see what the employees are saying about it and what their interview was like. Super helpful, right? Let's go ahead then and move on to our next one. And that is going to be, if you don't really want to work at any of the things that we've described so far, what if you just want to work for yourself? If you want to be your own thing, do your own thing, that is a great way to go. I'm going to split this one into two different veins as we talk about it. One is you are working as your own company in behalf of another company or, or one of the things that we've already talked about. So maybe you are your own company and you do independent freelancing instructional design, or you are an independent curriculum developer or cur- curriculum writer, or you are an independent graphic designer. You're doing a service for a different company or one of the things that we've talked about already. The other part of being your own business would be if you're not doing a service for one of those other companies, maybe you are providing a product or a service to others. An example of that would be providing educational resources that people can download online, right? Like teachers pay teachers. Or maybe you are providing um, coaching or mentoring. You are your own company, but you're providing a product or a service to others. Some of the pros of doing your own business can be flexibility, right? You might work hours when your kids are asleep, or you might work from any location you want because you've created it yourself. Some of the challenges of doing your own thing is ensuring that what you're doing is going to be successful, setting up all of the company aspects about it, uh, maybe marketing aspects, maybe website aspects. Where I've worked at large companies, it's been interesting to me to see, okay, there's a graphic designer, there's a marketing team, there's all these different roles. And then when I set up my own company, I saw, whoa, I'm going to be wearing a lot of hats, right? Teachers are used to wearing a lot of hats. It can just be a lot to learn. And if you don't have a guide or a mentor or a coach or uh, virtual assistants, people people that you're reaching out to, it can be a lot to take on from the get-go. All of these are great routes, 
but does that last one feel like the right fit for you next? If so, that's the room that you want to hone in on and search in first. Okay, now, hopefully, this is helping you feel like you're getting a clearer picture of the landscape of all of this. Okay, here's different company types. We'll jump into roles more later specifically, but of the companies, company types and opportunity types that we've talked about, which setting, which company setting do you prefer for your next step? Now you might have multiple steps, right? Mine was classroom to education company to non-education company and another non-education company and then starting my own company, right? But what feels like the right next step for you? Let me list them one more time. And I want you to identify two and then let us know in the Facebook group which ones interest you most and any other questions or thoughts or ideas so that you can brainstorm together there. So they are again working for an education company or working for your school organization, working for a community organization working in higher ed or at a university, working for a non-education company, or doing something all your own, okay? Identify which two mean the most to you, which one, which two would you enjoy the most, and let us know in the Facebook group which ones those are. If you are ready for more help and more support than this, but on the same topic, then I want you to download our next Jobs for Teachers interactive guidebook. You can get it at teachertransition.com forward slash resources. The guidebook is going to show you all of these categories. Then it's going to list for you the specific jobs in those company types. When you see the one that you want, you can simply click on it and it will lead you to current openings for that job and role. Also, if you feel like, well, I want that job type, but I'm not qualified for it, I'm going to link you to resources that will help you develop the skills, the portfolio, the resume, whatever you need to become qualified in that role. Okay, again, you can get that at teachertransition.com forward slash resources. And it's called the Next Jobs for Teachers Interactive Guidebook. If you need anything else, I want you to go to our Facebook group, find this post for this episode, and comment in the notes below. Okay, thanks so much for joining me, and I'll see you on our next episode. This episode may have ended, but connecting doesn't have to. Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.